0: pair. I'm Graybeard,
1: and I am fine. Ash red,
0: and hey. our special guest
2: is me, Philip Fullman from the Cigar Lounge.
0: Welcome, Philip. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, thanks. I, thanks for inviting me. I, I am ashamed to say I have not been out to the Cigar Lounge yet, and I have been meaning to, and meaning to, and meaning to. But man, getting away is, is, has been hard as of late. That's, you know,
2: that's why we came up with the house sticks and the house cutters and all of that, because then you can have the cigar lounge experience at your house. You don't even have to leave. It's like, you're right there with us. Everything's branded, but, uh, I think you're probably, you're kind of far away from us because we're way up. We're, we're North in uh, McKinney. Um, and I know we're quite a ways from Ash, but, uh, yeah I, we're kind of like bedroom community
0: I, i'm in i'm in ulis and yeah. I've, I've got some friends out there and in fact um uh the cigar traveler uh zach one of our uh partners or not one of our partners but one of our our team here who mm-hmm. does a lot of the video work for us uh he's up there in your area
2: okay you know uh paul costa with Aleva says ulis is the uh Beverly Hills of the metroplex
0: So, I, I must be I must be living in the ghetto part of the Beverly <laughs> No, my my was, is pretty nice.
2: There was just a New York Times article. He ranked Ulysses I think one of the top places to live in the country.
0: So, there's that. You're not going to argue with the New York Times. <laughs> you know, who 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 can other than, you know, 90% of, you know, the the population? this is true all right so uh welcome to the twisted pair thank you sir um uh, i'm sure uh red has has told you all about what we are about but uh we are primarily everything about uh cigar pairing mm-hmm. and so i'm going to kick this off and just talk a little bit about what or actually announce what i'm pairing. so i am going to be pairing the alma Nice. With a barrel pick that another group I'm part of, which is the Holy Smokes, then they did a barrel pick with Actin the Oak Distillery out of Colorado Springs. So this is my pairing
1: experience. So I am smoking um, y'all's cigar that I got because I actually went to this event. And it is the Cigar Lounge Bono right there. And it's like, you you can barely see it because of my background. There, yay, there it is. And um, I'm going to let you go more because I know that Noel Rojas did y'all's house blend. And one thing that I will brag about, and we talked about this when I went to the event, was a lot of house blended cigars, house cigars from cigar lounges do not have a band or they're not wrapped in cellophane. And so I'll go to different lounges and I'll pick up cigars, but I don't know where they came from because if they don't have cellophane, I can't write on it. Or Mm -hmm. um, it just goes somewhere and I completely forget what it is. So that was one thing that I was super excited that y'all actually had a band and you had cellophane. So (laughs) that made my day. I wish
2: I could take credit for the cello, but I can't. Mm-hmm. But the band that was uh, that was a group effort that we were able to put together. So we were excited about it. We like the band; it kind of mirrors a little bit of the the uh, the new logo that we have um, or that we implemented a couple of years ago. So we tried to carry that over to it. But uh, yeah, we're excited. It's done well for us, and uh, it was great to have uh, to partner with Noel on that because. Yeah just, uh, Noel's a great guy anyway, mm-hmm. but the man knows his tobacco. Um, mm-hmm. I am really excited. Um, I think, Ash, you've, uh, you've got a, a chance to to try what he has coming out later this year. Um, I know I have, uh, and it is fantastic. I, my guess is it's going to be somebody's cigar of the year. It's, it's oh, yes. that good. And uh, so being able to partner with Noel was great for us. And uh, we we asked for something that was going to be medium body because we wanted to appeal to the most amount of customers, the most amount of smokers. But at the same time, we also know that some guys, they don't want a light smoke. They want to be able to taste it. So that's the great thing with the binder and filler he used. um, You're going to get that full flavor but not necessarily Mm -hmm. that full body. And it's kind of like a little tasting experience for the customer because Mm -hmm. you always hear how much difference the wrapper makes in a cigar, how much that changes it. So now you have three cigars with the same binder and filler, three completely different wrappers. So now somebody can try the Connecticut, the Habano and the Maduro see the difference and understand exactly what change that that wrapper is bringing to that cigar. And when
1: you told me that, that was like, I loved it because I don't think I've ever have been to a lounge where they kept the binders and fillers the same, but just changed the wrapper. And, you know, when we're educating people and we're talking about cigars, we talk about the importance that wrappers play on uh, the cigars and the binders and fillers. So like, I I love that they're able to actually get to have that experience um, and see how that is. So, um, you know, I thought that was really cool that y'all did that. And I'm going to be pairing it with um, the statement purpose. And I don't see, that's the bad thing is I'm a delay, so I can't see if y'all can see that.
0: So um,
1: yay, okay. So this is the statement of purpose. It is by um, Martin House Brewing Company. It's in Fort Worth, so it's not far from us. And it is a peanut butter golden stout. Um, I've and I've had a couple of these, and they've actually um, have grown a lot on me this uh, this summer because it's great. It's not that heavy, heavy stout. It's still in the lighter range of. Um, of a of, I know that sounds weird as, as a stout but um it's not too too heavy but it's full of flavor and usually whenever you have a lighter stout and it's not as full of flavor as what you would have with the darker creamy stout like I normally have from like wood so um that's what I'm pairing with tonight that's what I'm starting off with
2: <laughs> nice all right your turn I have got the Luciano, where the hell did the camera go? Oh, there it is. Man, it's like being in a mirror. Uh, the Luciano Dreamer. This is, I I forget the size they gave it. They didn't call it. it it's probably a little bigger than a Corona size, but um, I just love the flavor off of this. I'm a big fan of Sumatra wrappers anyway. Oh,
0: yeah. So
2: um, I'm, uh, I've really been enjoying this. So I have got the Luciano Dreamer along with a cup of coffee because okay. I uh, I predominantly drink coffee. I've got the uh, San Pellegrino because you've got to hydrate and uh, it's like water but a little fun. So since I'm <laughs> limited to coffee, I try to at least make the water experience a little fun.
0: Well, you know, you, you can't you can never go wrong with coffee.
2: You know, it's. Um, I tell people because they asked me when I started drinking it, I was actually five and that's, that's a God's honest truth. My mom used it as uh, Ritalin for me. Mm-hmm. She figured it would have the same effect. So, um, yeah. The two big loves of my life, cigars and coffee.
1: Which they're great loves. Yes, they,
2: they are. Yeah. Never had any issues.
1: <laughs> so, um, what One of the things that, you know, that we talked about was, because um, you manage, y'all actually have two, I don't, shops, lounges, because I'm, I'm going to say something. And yeah. It, it, the reason I say that, and I laugh about it, and, and you know exactly where I'm going, is because the name is The Cigar Lounge. So I went up to Plano, expecting, um, I went in beautiful shop great selection i mean big humidor phenomenal it was missing something it was missing something and i'm like okay where can i smoke and that's when y'all told me about the city ordinances saying that you couldn't smoke inside a Plano. yeah is that yeah
2: that yeah it's uh because we're not standalone we can't smoke at the plano shop um Weather, you know, depending upon your tolerance for weather or what the weather is, we do have a uh, outside table, which I refer to as our 24 hour lounge, the only one in the DFW area. So you can always go up there, two o'clock, you can go just drive, sit outside the shop and, and smoke a cigar. But uh, you're not the only one who's had that. We've, uh, it's been brought up several times, but uh, yeah. Uh, no, no. You know no I had to give you a hard one. time. No, (laughs) I, we have customers come in because there's an apartment, not an apartment, there's a hotel nearby. So people look us up and they'll come by and they'll be like, you know, where's the lounge? It's like, ah, I, I, I wish there was something we could add to it to Mm -hmm. differentiate a little bit, to let people know, hey, we we don't actually have a lounge here, but you know, that is the corporate name. And so that, that was the decision
0: high above my pay grade. That that would make that would make sense on why you know there's there's not many cigar shops cigar lounges that's actually in Plano proper. They're in Frisco. Mm-hmm. They're in McKinney. They're in Richardson. They're in Little Elm. They're in all mm-hmm. of the little the the towns that surround Plano, but not actually inside Plano. Exactly.
2: And, you know, we got lucky in McKinney because when McKinney made the change to their smoking ordinance, however long ago that was, they grand they grandfathered in or they still allowed you to be like in a strip center or to have neighbors and and be able to smoke. But Plano said no dice on it. So, yeah, if we were standalone, we'd be OK. But, but y'all uh, do have
1: that, like, as you said, in McKinney, it is absolutely we do. and it's not far from your Plano.
2: No, it's not. it's not. it's it's not. Um, Virginia and Stonebridge, um, it's really a good area because there's so much traffic that comes in there. Um, as far as just uh, people going to subway, people going to grab a sandwich or grocery shopping, they see us there. So we'll get some traffic from that. so that's that's nice. We're not quite as tucked away as the Plano shop, but the 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 great thing about the Plano shop is it has been there. I'm gonna get this 23 maybe 24 years now wow so even though it's kind of tucked in there by itself it's uh it's been there a long time it's actually the first shop I went to when I uh when I moved to Dallas or Plano rather so yeah it's been there a while
1: and and what I love about it is it's the variety and like because I was able to find things that I haven't seen in other shops and um and it, I mean, it was a large selection. So um, that was one thing I got excited. I was like a kid in the, uh, you know, candy store. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen this one. Other shops don't have this. So I was excited to see some smoke sets not necessarily around this area that y'all provide at that shop.
0: Well, that's <laughs> it. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to head on to the cigar lounge because now I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call ahead and I'll get you. I'll get you a
2: seat. Um, get you a discount. Um, the uh, the the great thing is um, the folks who who originally built those shops, um, uh, Bill and Jeanine Elliott. They I don't. I'm going to go ahead and say foresight. I don't know if it was foresight, but when they built those shops out, they built them with large humidor's, which means you're going to have a lot of space to fill. And uh, as you notice in the Plano Lounge, we actually added a huge middle section to it mm-hmm. because we uh, we ran out of room. But it's nice because it gives us the opportunity to bring in some of those other brands that you said you don't see elsewhere because we have the space to do it. Um, I try to mirror the humidors as much as possible uh, the only time you're going to see differences is probably uh, maybe some sizes will do better in one store than another. Maybe one boutique will do better in one shop than another. Uh, But as far as your major manufacturers, I try to mirror those just as much as possible. Uh, But then, yeah, with some of the stuff you mentioned you saw in Plano, it does better there. We'll have a little bit in McKinney, but um, we've got some really good loyal guys in the plano shop because they know we'll have that cigar, so they come mm-hmm. specifically for that
0: very nice so and
1: that kind of oh, go ahead, go ahead, graybeard sorry.
0: I was just gonna say so so my understanding this correctly so you you put, you purchased the shop from the previous the the i I did not okay. um. It was
2: originally uh, Sir Eliot's. both. I'm sorry, I'm sitting here trying to light this and talk. It's like a monkey doing a math problem. Um, the uh, Bill and Janine Elliot uh, built the shop. Uh, Plano, I think, started in 99, if I believe correctly, or if I remember correctly. And then uh, McKinney started a little after 2000. And they were both called Sir Elliot's. Uh, The McKinney shop was there before anything else in McKinney. I mean, it had really not built up. They had a lot of, you know, they saw growth coming, but they got there just ahead of the growth. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to sell to one of their employees. He bought it, renamed it the Cigar Lounge. Uh, Then he had it a couple of years, I want to say, two, three years. Then he sold to a group of customers, Um that had the lounge up until just about three years ago. Then another customer, uh, my current, uh, or the current owner, my current boss, he bought the shops. Okay. And, um, the Plano shop was purchased by the, 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 the group of, of customers, uh, probably eight, nine years ago now. So, uh, I've been I've been there uh, for seven years, generally managing things. Um, but yeah, it's it's gone through several hands, but each time it has, we've uh, we've seen growth in it, and each owner of course, is excited to you know put their stamp, grow it, see what we can do with it. and uh, it's been it's been great for the shop. Um, the shop uh, Red was talking about the McKinney shop. We've done some great improvements there. Um, It was looking pretty dated, and the the current owner was able to uh, uh, really kind of just see that in. We had uh, uh, the indoor-outdoor green carpet in that McKinney (laughs) shop that had been there since it opened, and uh, that does not age well in uh, in cigar shops. And so uh, finally was able to get rid of that. Now we've done some great updates to it, Uh, much better seating. Got separate areas, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, it's 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 great to see the changes that each ownership change is brought to the uh, brought to the table.
0: Well, and they get me around, so that's nice too. For some reason, <laughs> just, just real quick, for some reason, when you said that that uh, indoor outdoor green carpet, all of a sudden seventies disco music started playing in my head. That you would not be wrong, sir. You would not be wrong. It was. Uh, <laughs>
2: It, I'll tell you this: we 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 do still have it in Plano, and it it'll take a beating. It, that stuff will hold up. You get your money's worth. Yeah. What you lose on aesthetics, you make up in durability.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it, it, it it is definitely when you walk in, it. And the funny thing is, is there's several other cigar lounges that have been around the metroplex that have that same green carpet. So I'm wondering if they all got together and said, hey, let's get this and let's divide it up between these 10 lounges, because some of them still have it like in the humidor sections, but they don't have it in the lounge section or in the one section. And I just kind of laugh because I'm like, that's the cigar lounge green carpet. You know, that's there. Somebody
2: cut a deal. There's a shop in uh, (laughs) Overland Park, Kansas called Cigar and Tobacco. They have that same carpet. (laughs) So I don't know if... I, I don't know if it was like a cigar lounge starter kit that people could purchase that was like, here, you know, here's some, here's four walls and some green carpet.
1: The wooden wall, the wooden panel wall. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: maybe, yeah. maybe, but, maybe it's some kind of rite of passage. It could be. It's
2: like, you know what, let's see, let's see how, how long you make it and what you can do. And you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a a bad idea that they had because You know, when you're when people are talking about opening shops, there's so many expenses that go into it Mm -hmm. and you have to decide, Okay, where do you invest that money up front? What do you want to really spend your money on that's going to make the biggest, biggest difference? Uh, You want to you want to have a good looking shop, but you got to ask yourself, Okay, you know, how much do you have to spend on chairs? You know, what do I do? I go heavy on chairs and spend a lot on chairs right away. Or do I wait and just gradually improve those? So it makes sense that they might start out and say, you know, let's see where this goes. And, you know, if, if it sticks, then we'll, we'll improve some things.
0: Yeah.
1: So one, one thing that you did bring up is like, and I wanted to kind of talk about, because I know for some people, they go into cigar lounges and they get upset because they're expecting to find a certain cigar. And then they don't understand why you don't carry it or you'll only carry it for a little while and then it just kind of disappears. So I kind of wanted to talk about that. And then okay. also, um, it's kind of a two-part question here is I know that sometimes that other people don't see is like whenever you choose to carry a brand, they may have certain requirements. So if you could kind of expound on that because I know that some It's. I didn't know that for the longest time until, you know, I started having friends who had lounges in this industry. And then when I found out that there were certain requirements, I was like, holy cow, there's a lot more to managing a cigar lounge than what the customer, every day my customer might, you know, realize.
2: You are now light years ahead in your end, and taking one more step towards having your own lounge because you've just, you've just nailed the, uh, the important part. Yeah, it's not it's not everything that the the customer sees, and and so many times when customers will ask, they're like, "Well, what? I mean, you sit and you smoke cigars, right? You sell them, like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it." Um, they don't see that back end stuff, and like you said, there's a lot of things that go into it that uh, that they don't understand, and and sometimes with cigars, when we don't have them, it could simply be because uh, we're out, and mm-hmm. you you run out because. Um, you know, maybe the order was late. Maybe you didn't get the order in on time. I mean, yeah, that mm-hmm. happens. Sometimes you don't get the order in on time and it went faster than it did. That'll happen. A lot of times you have mm-hmm. something that's selling regularly and you kind of have a pattern to it. You have a rhythm and you know, okay, every so often I'm going to have to order this many boxes. Um, and just this week in Plano, for example, we we ran out of a cigar and it was because somebody found it they liked it it became their favorite and they bought our last two boxes well that was that that threw my ordering cycle off because it was like i i didn't need these but now i do because somebody's going to start mm-hmm. buying them by the box so mm-hmm. that that will happen um and it's that's not a bad problem to have at all
0: <laughs> yeah. um
2: other Exactly. Um, you know, other times it can be that it's something that we've carried and a couple of guys liked it, but it just didn't move like we wanted it to. Uh, it just didn't get the traction. And so you have to look at, okay, this space, it's taking up this space. I need this space to make me money. Can I bring in another cigar to, that will move better? That the customers will gravitate to more doesn't mean it was a bad cigar doesn't mean that you know we made a mistake by carrying it it just means that the customers you know tried it and maybe moved on to something else and you run into that a lot with boutique cigars with your with your uh, uh big manufacturers people are always going to want those they want oliva they want fuente they want padrone you never have to worry about you know, are, are, are we going to have too much of this? People will buy those. But when you find these newer brands, sometimes people gravitate to them and it's the flavor of the month. Um, you know, like the same with a lot of craft beers. Boy, it does well for, for a while. And then people are like, well, what's the next new thing? And then that kind of gets lost. So you have to judge, OK, does this come back? Does this stay? Does it have does it have the, the staying power that we need? so sometimes that happens um and you know sometimes again it can be just one guy going well I really like that cigar like well that's great but you buy one cigar every six weeks I can't really justify putting one box in here for you to come in and be the only guy to buy one every six weeks I got Mm -hmm. you know I have to think now conversely if you want to buy the box at a time well we can get you a box and sell it Mm -hmm. to you but I'm not going to, I can't, we can't function in somebody's humidor. Right. In that case,
0: that you state that because when I was in, when I was in retail and I was in marketing in retail, every shelf space had a value mm-hmm. that was associated to it. And you had, you know, that with that value, you had an investment on it and you had to see your ROI within that particular shelf space. And yes. Even on the end caps and 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 the the display, so I can see what you're saying on that. When especially mm-hmm. boutiques, to where you've got to understand that that boutique and and Red and I we have our leaf and grain, we have our own cigar as well, and mm-hmm. it takes up shelf space at at the underground. And so I, I get it. If it's not selling, then that's loss of revenue for that state. My my, yes. my question is. What are as a as a manager as a retailer in in this in with the humidor? Uh, how do you approach mitigating that or handling that while you're mm-hmm. still trying to bring boutiques in and offer a variety outside of your your top four, your top five?
2: You know, it's there are. So many boutiques out there. I think you could probably fill a humidor size with just the boutiques that we know of and that we probably haven't heard of. Um, Sometimes, David, what it means is you're going to keep that line, but maybe instead of five blends, you're going to you're going to maybe cut that back to two blends that move because you want to keep that uh, that that manufacturer in the shop because that particular blend uh from them does well um but it's also trying to figure out is there do i have something to replace it is something going do i have something right now that i can put in its place that will do better because if if you don't then just having that empty shelf space isn't doing you any good either so Sometimes it's, it's waiting to see, okay, what else do we have that we can bring in? And a lot of times that can just be a line extension. Um, You know, maybe add a different size uh, from one of our existing manufacturers or a new blend that they come out with. But it really is, um, it's a game of Tetris. It's, It's just that constant moving and mm-hmm. I think part of it, too, is realizing what boutiques to put in. And, and again, all of cigar smoking is subjective. Every review, mm-hmm. everything that anybody says, it's their opinion. And, and that's why I never say, hey, this is the best cigar of this year. I call them my favorites because you may mm-hmm. hate it or you may have found something else. But these are my personal favorites because my palate like them. So... Mm-hmm what i try to do in the humidor is find something that maybe isn't my palate because i know not everything is going to be but that the burn the construction the draw the flavor is such that it's like somebody's going to like it it may not become my new favorite but i believe it's a quality cigar that i'm not ashamed to hand to somebody and say hey try this it may not be something i'm going to smoke but I have confidence in that. Uh, The one thing I I don't do is if I don't have confidence in the cigar and just feel like it's a questionable cigar, then I won't bring it in because I don't want to hand that to a customer because I feel like it's, it's, you work so much on reputation and, and being a a, I, I use the term cigar tender. It's like being a sommelier you know, you, you build this trust and you want them to come to you and say, Hey, that last cigar you got me was good. You know, somebody's palate, what else should I try? Well, if you pull out something that, you know, is lousy, but you know, you just want to sell it and you give it to that person, they lose all confidence in you. So mm-hmm. I, I, I make a point of trying not to do that. I'm sure I've, i you know, missed on a couple, obviously I'm, you know, but I try to make sure that it's something that's going to be a quality cigar that people, people can go out and, and, and get some enjoyment out of regardless of, of where they are on the taste spectrum. Uh, but there are, trust me, people have come in with, you know, my uncle's literally, my uncle has a farm cigars. That wasn't the name, but that was the sales pitch. And would you like to bring these in? Like, you know what, just leave me the little Ziploc bag. And, we'll never call you again. But I mean, so there are a lot out there that you could just flood your shop with that uh, that you know have no business in the shop. I don't know if I answered your question or not,
0: David. No, no, you, you answered it perfectly. And and really, this is really, a, we have a follow-up question from, from Albert on our, on Facebook that said, he asked, what are your top five brands that you sell the, the most of?
2: Uh, right now, I mean, I could give you the manufacturers. I couldn't probably tell you the exact blend in those manufacturers. Uh, Rojas would be one of them. Uh, then we would have Oliva. Definitely Padrone is going to be right up there. Uh, I would say Drew Estate is going to be in there with their Deadwood line. Uh, that has really taken off for us. And um, Fuente. I'd say Fuente and Rocky. Depending, depending on which cigar it is, Fuente and Rocky are going to be, uh, be right up there. Uh, but you know, coming, coming in in that top ten, you're going to have Foundation with the Charter Oak, uh, that that does well for us, and you're also going to have, um, oh man, I just spaced it, Aganorsa.
0: I we're getting some
2: people to come really hard on Aganorsa and the great thing about them is because Agonorsa is doing so much with so many people. If somebody Mm. likes a certain warp cigar, you know, we say, Hey, if you tried the agonorsa or vice versa, if you like agonorsa, have you tried this? Um, because you always want to expand that palette of the customer. And we still, we still get those guys who come in they're like, I want my box of cigars. I smoke this one thing. I smoke it by the box. I want that. And that's all I'm ever going to smoke. And then it's like, okay, you know, that's, that's all they smoke. We're, we're not even going to try to move you on something. But the majority of customers now, they kind of want to, you know, they want to shop around, like, like with whiskeys. You know, it used to be just, you know, hey, let's you, there you go. You know, bottle of Jack Daniels, it was fine. That's all you drink. You just need a bottle of Jack Daniels, you got your whiskey covered. But now there's so many options and a lot of people, they want to try those out. And it, it's the same with cigars as well.
1: And so and we were talking about, like, I know that um, one way that y'all kind of move cigars and other ones is with cutting lights So Mm -hmm. that y'all have or events that y'all have. So um, if you could kind of go into a little bit and tell us and and tell our viewers, like, the importance of actually attending those. Because some people are like, I don't know what to expect. You know, what do I do? And they're kind of hesitant to go to that because they're not really sure what to expect.
2: Sure. that's serendipitous that you bring that up. You know, we just so happened to have a crowned heads event this Saturday. Who knew? Um, that's yeah. But it's my, and, that and, it's
1: one, and it's one of my favorite. Brian you McGee.
2: He, no, you, no, gotta no. Love him. you gotta love Gotta love Brian McGee. He, uh, he is probably the most abused rep in the business. I got to say that he oh, takes hands more crap down,
0: hands down.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of brutal, but he takes it all with plum and, and he's a good sport about it. But, uh, Brian's fantastic. I met him for the first time at my old shop and, uh, he did a, t- a member's tasting. You, uh, and, uh, showed us a, a trick using how to change out the wrapper from the cigar you're smoking to a completely different cigar how it changes I've always remembered that and and so his cigar knowledge is is fantastic the the thing I, I think customers get nervous about uh, cutting lights and events when it's a different shop if it's their shop it's like these are the guys I know I can go I can hang out with them you know and and it's it's their group but going to a different shop I think people kind of get little nervous about that so one thing to keep in mind though is there's going to be other people there like that who don't uh who haven't been to that shop before but also you're there to get deals on cigars so who who cares what anybody else thinks you're there to get some deals on cigars for yourself so uh so it's worth it to go uh for that reason alone because sometimes you can get you can get some cool deals But that's probably a thing where, yeah, guys just, you know, where am I going to sit? Who am I going to talk to? So, uh, you know, sometimes guys will come in groups. We'll get parties, come you know, two, three people so they can sit. And the great thing with that is with some of the deals that they get, there's a cigar for everybody. You know, they can Mm -hmm. all get one and everybody in the group can try one. But um, yeah, people do tend to get a little little nervous. or like, should I go to that shop? but uh, I encourage them to come out. We've got, we've got a good group of guys. And, and I can honestly say that they are a welcoming group. Um, So I don't think anybody would have to worry about feeling like they were, uh, they were out of place. I have been to shops like that where it's kind of like, why is this guy here? But uh, for, for the most part, any shop I go to in town, uh, people have always been friendly and I wouldn't hesitate to go to, uh, an event at another shop just because I, I did not know that individual, provided, of course, you know, I wanted to go and, and stock up on those particular cigars. Fortunately, I in this position, I don't really have to drive to get deals. So that's kind of a perk. But, yeah. well, um,
1: and it was funny because I went and it was my first time to your shop and the, and, and the guys were welcoming, you know, and, and of course, you were very welcoming. But it was a Rojas event, and I was like, man, I love Rojas. I'm going to get in on this deal. And I ended up winning, like, I want to say over 15, right, 20 you cigars. Did. Yeah. yeah, you made I a haul. I did. I, like, cleaned it out.
0: Where was I during this event? Because we're supposed to go <laughs> do these events together, Red. Well, First I didn't even had. know.
1: It was a surprise. Like, I went, I went out to do a shop stop at the Plano, And I did a shop stop, um, and I recorded y'all's humidor. So if y'all look on my Instagram, there is a shop stop of the Cigar Lounge in Plano. And it it shows the variety of their cigars. And then while I was there, they're like, well, we're having a Rojas event over in McKinney that's not too far. And I'm like, and they said, and Noel's going to be there. And I'm like, well, I have to go and see Noel and give him a hard time. So I went over there and um, loaded up. It was it was nice. I was supposed to go to no, two other shop. I was supposed to go to two other shop, stop shop, but uh, y'all kind of took my whole entire evening.
2: See, because <laughs> we're that friendly. We we are yeah. we are absolutely that nice. We uh, we try. It, you know, it's an interesting shop because having having worked at another shop and been in a lot of shops, um, these guys they are more. I hate to use the word family because people always make that seem like, you know, all their families, like, well you don't know what people's families are like. So um, it may not be a compliment, but they are, uh, they are people who they are closer. I would say than in most shops, it is, it is not the, Hey, these are guys I see in the shop on a daily basis. Or when I come into the shop, these are my shop friends. These guys maintain friendships well outside the shop. To the point of going to graduations, weddings, uh, barbecues, doing many things together, just well outside of the shop atmosphere, and that, I think that's kind of unique to us, and it's always been that way. But something about the culture there at that shop uh, uh, fostered that, and uh, it's it's kind of nice to see.
0: We we, we definitely understand that because you know, as you probably know, underground is red in my Yes. You know, Home stop and, and underground underground carries that, that same type of atmosphere as well. Uh, I, I, I kind of want to follow up on something that you had mentioned, you know, taking a step back where you had mentioned the, the sommelier, you know, mm-hmm. and how you really know your cigars before you, you know, that the particular cigar before you're going to recommend it because you've got a recommend right. And, and I, am a, I am a cigar sommelier and Red is, uh, is finishing up her as well, which is, you know, essentially the sommelier as well. So we, we both get that. How important is it, or can you talk a little bit about that mindset that you have to have and what it takes for you as a retailer to be able to get into that mindset, to, to understand how many cigars you have to smoke, to really understand that, to be able to relay that information over to your customers. Because the sad part is, is honestly, is that's, that's more of a rarity than it is the norm. It is. It, it
2: absolutely is. And, and I'm trying to think of how to put it. It is, it is incredibly important. I, I will say that they. if you don't know what that cigar smokes like, how it tastes, you cannot recommend it to somebody. You can't just look at it and guess and assume this, this is what that person wants. One of the most important things to ask people, I think, is what do you normally smoke? Mm-hmm. Because that's going to give me a base of, you know, where's your wheelhouse? Because if I know that and they're like, you know, I smoke, um, you know, whatever Maduro's, well, then you don't even bring up Connecticut's. Um, So you've got to have that as a starting point. And then you've got to be able to know, okay, I've smoked this, this would fit in that basic profile this person gave me, they smoke X, this is going to be in that same amount of body. um, But it's going to have a different flavor but they still like that amount of body with it, or they smoke something that's going to have a sweeter wrapper, maybe a Sumatra. Okay. So maybe you could get them to try a Corojo at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, finding, finding something that's going to, that's going to not totally just be the opposite of their palate. Mm-hmm. So if you don't smoke that cigar, mm-hmm. you really have no point of reference for that. So that is incredibly important. the, the knowledge that you're talking about with the, the leaf and the aging, and, and I love studying that stuff, kind of the, 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 the digging down deep, the nerdy stuff about cigars. I love learning that. And, and two people I've talked to, uh, um, Justo Aroa and uh, uh, oh, Jose Blanco, Learned so much information from them, things that I've been able to use when talking to customers in the humidor. But the thing is, it's practical uh, knowledge because when a customer comes in, they just want to know, will I like this? You know, will I like this? And so you need to understand, it's it's medium body. It's got a sweeter leaf. Good construct, okay. You know, it's gonna get a little spicy on them. Maybe they don't like the white pepper won't work for them. I'm gonna to have to go with something else. That's important to know. But sometimes, and I have seen it happen, a customer will ask, Will I like this? And 10 minutes later, the, the cigar tender is still talking about the factory and the type of leaf that's in it and the customer at this point is like i i don't know what the hell he's talking about what do you Uh, yeah i don't know what's a pologne i uh, you know i just want to know if i'm going to enjoy this after my burger you're sitting here telling me how how long it was aged (laughs) what they did to it i this means nothing so it's good Mm -hmm. to have that information but you can't always throw all that at the customer because it's just gonna it doesn't answer their their question um you know, it just depends on their amount of knowledge and what they want to know about the cigar. I've often found that what you know about the cigar, hey, it's a medium body. It's going to take you this long to smoke. It's going to have a little bit drier, uh, drier uh, feel on the palate to it. Uh, you're going to get a little bit of uh, earthiness to it. That makes sense to them. They can process that. And that's the stuff they want to know that's going to help the buying decision. Um, so it, it is important, David, you've got to know those cigars. And if, and if the guys in the shops aren't smoking them, they can't answer those questions. And the mm-hmm. rest of it, that's fun stuff to know, because then that makes us better at our job. But mm-hmm. sometimes throwing that at the customer, it's just it, it just it, it, they don't they don't know what to do. The humidor is intimidating enough because we've mm-hmm. had so many people come and go, you've got so many cigars. I I don't even know where to start. And then if you start throwing all this other stuff at them, they're like, I, I don't know. I should have, you know. They, they, they can't process it. You got to kind of narrow that down for them. It's like going to the cookie aisle. It can be, it can be difficult.
0: <laughs> I love that going to cookie aisle.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I, I do have. I a- use cookies I love- for a lot of analogies. <laughs> they just work out well. Well, and, it, and it's good in this industry. And I do have a follow-up, but I don't want to hog this particular line. So Red, go no, ahead.
2: No, no. Oh, no. I'll go,
1: I'll go with your, I'm going to say this and then you can go with your follow-up because I was actually, when I went back to Y'all's Lounge, um, I actually you had a guest come in and they were used to smoking a particular cigar and they asked you, hey, I don't see this cigar, what would you recommend? And you said, hey, what do you normally smoke? What ring gauge do you like? Because most of us know what kind of ring gauge we like. And you directed them into one and I actually kind of interrupted and said, hey, this would be another good option too. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's important to know because you want to introduce them to something that's good that they're going to enjoy. I don't think any of us on here would say, hey, smoke this cigar, knowing that they've never smoked anything like it and they're taking a huge chance, or they don't like the, you know, as you said, the white pepper, or, you know, they don't like, like the floral sweetness of cigars. So you don't want them to waste their money and have a horrible experience because we've talked about when you go to smoke a cigar, you want it to be enjoyable, you want to explore your palate. So you're getting a little bit of that, but you don't want it to go far left or far right to where they hate it. They hate it. And And that's the,
2: that's the importance of knowing the cigar, but also understanding retail because there, I'll just tell you of an incident that I know of that happened. I was told about. Somebody came in, hey, man, I've never smoked a cigar before. I'm graduating from something or celebrating some or the other. Never smoked before. What should I get? I was like, oh, you know what I did? I I sold him like this expensive, you know, it was like a $20, you know, I'll I'll just say it doesn't freaking matter. He sold him a Liga. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that was, I'm like, he's never smoked before. He's like, no, but, you know, hey, he bought the Liga. I'm like, "Uh, he's never coming back. He's yeah. like, yeah, but I got like 20 bucks. I'm like, yeah, we could have made 500 off this guy if he would have become a smoker because that's not, that's not something I would ever start somebody off on. Like, oh, you'd like to try to get into smoking? Here, let's get this powerhouse on you because yeah. it is, it's going to knock him on his butt and it's not mm-hmm. going to be enjoyable. It's better- And he's going to be fit. Start, Yeah, start him <laughs> on a nice, flavorful Connecticut, um, something that they'll enjoy. And then after that, they said, you know, I had such a good time smoking that cigar. Wonder what other cigars there are. I'll go back to mm-hmm. that same shop and ask them again for another mm-hmm. recommendation. And so all right. it's all about building that clientele. It's not just you, you want a guy who's in and out. You want somebody who, who will become a client. Mm-hmm. And and you can build that with. So that's that's something Im- important that that we try to do.
0: I I think both both your statement and and Red's, Red's line actually builds up my follow up even better. Yay! <laughs> nice. A, a couple a couple of key things on it, and here leaf and grain we we take we take the the education, the teaching, the pairings. Uh, as as a friend of ours has described it, which just fits so perfectly to the next level. So so we'll we'll talk about the leaves. We'll talk about the seeds and and the terroir and and the region of, of where they're grown from. And so my question is going to be around: at, at what point in time do you do you educate your your tenders, as what you say? Um, you you encourage them. You tell them, okay, I, I need you to learn the next level on these, to know that that just because it's a Maduro leaf, that's just a color, and that that actually has nothing to do with the strength with of the, the body of the cigar. Exactly. But Connecticut doesn't mean it's going to be a light, you know, a a light bold, you know, and that's a term that we're trying to get out more is stop talking about cigars and bodied and strength start talking. Yes. In I,
2: I completely Ooh. concur with that because so many people come in and go, I want a full bodied cigar. I want something full bodied. And I will always ask them, do you want full body? So you get the shakes and it kicks you in the head. Or do you want something full flavor that you can taste? And I'm like, Oh, I don't want something like that. I just want to taste it. I'm like, okay, you want full flavor. You don't yeah. want full body. They're two completely mm. different things. If you want full body, we can See, do that. And there's people who like that. But uh, yeah. They, he agrees with that. He agrees difference. with that. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. It's, Sorry, it, It's a huge difference because, you know, you can sit there and give somebody a full body cigar and I'm like, what the hell was that? It's like, you said full mm-hmm. body. and It's like, no, that's not what I meant. So it's understanding that, hey, maybe because we know the term doesn't mean the customer understands the term or is using the right term in the right way. Mm -hmm. So that's something we have to understand. And honestly, Dave, to your, to your question, it's a matter of just telling you got to get in there and smoke. You know, you've got to try these things, especially the new stuff that comes out because this is the stuff that people are going to be asking about. It's, you've got to do that. There's magazines in the shop, read those. Um, get your information from there. I'm not going to make you give me a breakdown of the region of Nicaragua, this came from and the soil compound, but I want you to be able to talk knowledgeable to a customer and be like, Hey, yeah, you know, it's kind of a, it's a lighter cigar. I don't know that you'd like this because when I smoked it, it was like, they need to have that. So it's, it's a matter of while you're here, since you're going to be smoking, smoke something you haven't tried. This is not this is not the time in 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 the shop to be smoking your favorites. You need to be expanding it so that right. you tried everything in the humidor, so that you can speak uh, speak with some knowledge on it.
0: Or as your as your tobacconist, you know, educate your your tobacconists need to be educated to the point that if someone walks in and says, you know, I don't know what kind of cigar it was that I was smoking, I, I can't tell you anything about it. But I, but I know that I I was getting like, like a creamy coffee type note. Yes, it was very, very creamy. It was very smooth. It it was, you know, it it reminded me of my morning coffee with my, with my breakfast and for us to immediately be able to say, okay, that that's either going to be a a Jalapa, a Jalapa Valley Habano wrapper, or that could be a, a a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. I know it's not mm-hmm. going to be an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, and I know that's not going to be a, a Criollo out of Esteli in, in Nicaragua. And so being able to immediately recommend a cigar based upon just what they stated of yes. what they out of it.
2: it. That makes such a big difference because a lot of times they don't know what they smoke. Is you know I had oh, wait, wait. I had the wrapper on me, and you know it fell out of my wallet. Um, so tip kids, take a picture of uh, of the uh, of the wrapper with your phone. Everybody's got a phone you can take a picture with now. So take a picture of the wrapper and just save it on your phone when you go into the shop. It's much easier. Um, but yeah, we've got to be able to do that. And again, that's going to come from the knowledge of them going through and studying those cigars and smoking them. And also, you know, maybe being able to recommend something, uh, maybe it's not the same cigar that guy wanted, but it's going to be within that profile because mm-hmm. they've had it and tried it with a cup of coffee, or they've paired it with their whiskey, their, their bourbon, their beer. So they're able to make knowledgeable uh, uh, recommendations. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, you're absolutely bad. right. It's, it's very critical.
1: And I think that's like really important because I've been into some cigar shops and they're new workers. They haven't really been around the cigar industry. And they're making recommendations, you know, and they're good recommendations because of, okay, this person smoked this, they like this. But then they pair it with something. And that is where, you know, we're like leaf and grain. That's what, that's our passion is a lot of time is people think it's a bad cigar, but it's because of what they paired it with or what they're eating it with or you know something along those lines. And it just may not be the bad cigar, but if they're saying, okay, I'm going to bring in, you know, um, smoked wagon is the first thing that came to my mind. Um, But to me, I think anything goes with the smoked wagon. So that's not a good one. So let's go with a harder one. Let's go with red wine. Because we know mm-hmm. that that's a little bit more difficult to pair with. Or they're going to do a, you know, a citrus IPA. IPAs can be a little bit scary for some people to pair sure. with. Mm-hmm. And in the end, they need to realize like, okay, they're used to this cigar, but it's not going to be an enjoyable experience if they're going to drink, uh, you know, an IPA with it.
2: So because it's going to mute the flavor.
1: Correct. So I think that that happens a lot because some people don't realize that and take it to that extra step
2: but, no you're absolutely you're absolutely right and that's you know I can't can't do my I can't make it a requirement to make them go drink I think right. uh, I think they probably, <laughs> they probably taste enough on their own but it, it, it's good to, it's good that they they have that but again to be yeah. able to understand what are the facets of this cigar? Maybe I haven't tried this whiskey. Maybe I haven't tried this particular red wine, but this is gonna mute what they're getting out of this cigar. The, mm-hmm. the, the leaf in the cigar is just gonna be completely overwhelmed by what they're drinking. And I, you know, I can tell you, and one thing I've told customers, go. I, they're like, I wanna pair it with something. I wanna have it after me. Like, what are you having? And you know, they'll tell me, and, and you can go based off of that. I will say mm-hmm. one thing, and and you guys may dispute me on this, and maybe you can educate me on this. Nothing, there is not one cigar that goes well after dairy. You gotta brush your teeth, you gotta rinse your mouth, because dairy kills everything. I, Even ketchup.
0: I, I got I got you. I've I've done some I've done some pairing. And and that is yes. a hard pairing because mm-hmm. because that dairy can cause because of the, the amount of sweetness. That, that's in it and the mm-hmm. amount of acidity that's in the cigar it can cause it to go bitter mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. so smoking it with a really high acidic cigar which okay is, which is typically a, a younger cigar because you know as, a, mm-hmm. as our ages those acidity levels are going to come it's down
2: good. oh yeah
0: but so a but dairy cheese milk shake. I've done it with a shake. Those pair actually really good with like a Mexican San Andreas. Uh, okay. Yeah. Very and good with the shake. Really good with pairs. Really good with a Honduras Sumatra. Uh, mm-hmm. Pairs really good with a a Nicaraguan Habano. And and a lot of Nicaraguan Habanos okay. come from a Jalapa Jalapa Valley where because of it's lower uh, lower elevations and much more uh, um, you know much much different types of soil the, the word that mm-hmm. i was looking for just escaped me you get a lot more of the creaminess so that creaminess naturally goes okay. to trying to take like what we would do with wines you know with wines when we have a really high acidic wine like a a a white like a, a Chardonnay or Chiante or um, a a Savignon Blanc, you know, something that's really high in acidity. We want to pair mm-hmm. that with something that's going to be sweet to carry right. that. Okay. We don't necessarily, want to do that when it comes to dairy because of how the dairy interacts with it. If that makes sense. Okay. It does. Because
2: I've always, I've always found dairy it because it coats the tongue so much mm-hmm. and yeah. tends to just stay on the palate that it kind of mutes and just changes the flavor.
0: Well, right, so that, that that that
2: yeah. was Albert, always the difficulty I found with it.
0: Yeah, Albert Albert says it clogs your pores too, and and it's absolutely right. It's true, when and the, and with, it's not good on the sinuses either. No, when I'm pairing with dairy, I always go from the cigar to the drink. I don't go drink to cigar. Okay,
1: so that makes sense. And then, well, and then here's another thing: is like a lot of um, conversation has been about you know, the prices of cigars going up
2: Yes. and
1: taxes and things like that. So um, here here is my thing is when you're managing it, and I know each state is different for their taxes, and each state requires a different thing. So I know like Texas, you have to do your state tax differently than your federal tax, and then you have to calculate all of that Mm -hmm. stuff behind it. So um, a lot of people are, they don't really get that. So can you kind of a little bit explain like the taxes in the cigar industry? because
2: and especially at shops it's, because it, it's Most of the times you see that increase, it's coming from the manufacturer. And, and people want to, the first thing is it's like, well, you know, you guys are raising prices. It's like, well, you know, I'm sure it's your business when the cost of, of, supplies went up, you didn't take the hit on that. You had to raise the prices because mm-hmm. the cost of making those goods went up. And the one thing, and I think you guys, you guys understand this because of the way you talk about the, the, the tobacco. One thing that's lost on a lot of customers, it's an agricultural product. There's mm-hmm. not some factory with a machine that can just knock out pieces and widgets you know and then just turn the knob and now you've got more widgets to meet the demand it's it's an agricultural product when it freezes in florida you see things in the news like hey guess what your orange juice is going up hey they just had a problem in mexico guess what avocados are going through the roof and there's not going to be that many And people are like oh yeah okay yeah Mm avocados can't get as many they're more expensive you tell them hey you know what, there was a, uh, they, there was a, a low uh, crop on broadleaf, so it's hard to get broadleaf. Well, why the hell can't you get them? Well, again, because the manufacturers don't have the leaf to do it, and mm-hmm. they're going to have to wait. Now, they could go back to the, the Cigar Boom model and be like, hey, as soon as it's rolled, it's yours, and mm-hmm. they're not going to like that cigar. Because it's not going to be the same cigar because it it has to age properly. And you want that same leaf. And are there times when other leaves are substituted? Yeah, probably. Because there's a lot of cigars that have been around that you're like, hey, this is not the same exact cigar that I used to smoke. And it's because maybe, okay, that leaf wasn't available. So, you know, we're going to kind of fudge it a little bit with this one. But customers notice that and i i personally would rather know that when i'm going to purchase a box of cigars that i like yeah maybe i had to wait for it but that's because they did their due diligence with it they waited and gave me the cigar when it was ready they didn't they didn't just rush it out to me so i'm getting this this young cigar that uh, that hasn't even had a chance to to get all its flavors together so that's one thing i think that that customers have to keep in mind but Mm -hmm. also the prices that these guys are experiencing you know as far especially during COVID, having to keep employees you know the price of shipping has gone up astronomically and i've heard that from several manufacturers are like Mm -hmm. hey it used to cost this to be able to get a a a container Mm -hmm. across now it's this well Mm -hmm. what are they what are they going to do with that uh, you know, they can't just eat that because they've got to be able to stay in business. So it, it's one of those things that passes on. And, you know, another thing it, that I think is, is maybe loss on the customer, just trying to understand, again, agricultural product that has to age. If I as a manufacturer go out and I find a good crop of tobacco and I buy that crop, Say, stupid number. I bought it for $10,000. Okay, well, I just bought that. Now, I can't just turn around, make cigars, and sell them next week to you and make my $10,000 back. Mm -hmm. I now have to wait five years, three years to age this tobacco before I can recuperate my cost. So I've got $10,000 in tobacco that's just sitting out there that I'm not making any money back on until it's ready to sell so what does the manufacturer do at that point they're they're basically waiting they're putting this money out there waiting for the day when this will be ready and that's that's
0: yeah you're either gonna spend ten thousand dollars on a young on a young crop of tobacco and let that sit in your in your aging room, let that sit in mm-hmm. your bones which, which the pylones are, are the big stacks that the tobacco mm-hmm. is fermenting, or you're gonna spend more on tobacco that's already been aged, but then you're also taking a risk of it not mm-hmm. at that fermentation level uh, mm-hmm. for what it is that you're wanting for the blend. And, and to use an analogy on, on bourbon, there, mm-hmm. there is no rule Unless you are stating that your bourbon is bottled and or unless you're saying that stating that it's a state that it has to be aged any particular. Mm-hmm. But those of us who drink bourbon, how many of us are going to drink a bourbon that's only been sitting in the barrel for 30 days? I'm not. Right. You know. I, you I'm know one. That I'm going to, I, you know, and so your whiskey manufacturers, they're either going to spend a lot of money on sourcing some juice. That has the age statement that they're looking for, that has a profile mm-hmm. that they're looking for, and bringing it in and bottling it and selling that for $90 a bottle, or they're going to let it sit, let it age, and that's costing them money because now it's taking up space and they're not getting exactly, and they're not getting a, a revenue stream on it just yet.
2: And you know, one thing, and I I just learned this within the last few years uh, about what angel an angel share was. I had no idea that, you know, you, you lose part of your alcohol as it's aging. I was like, Mm -hmm. wait, what? So I start out with this much, but then by the time it's done, I have this much. It's like, so you're actually losing product. That would be like saying, Hey, I rolled Churchill Mm -hmm. cigars, but by the time they're aged properly, they're Toros you know (laughs) like you're 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 losing something exactly and so that's something I you know I never thought about but I thought that's wild Mm -hmm. that you know they've actually got to figure that that into it Mm -hmm. when they're doing it right Um, And,
1: and that's why we always say there's science behind the cigars there's science behind the bourbon there's science behind the the beers coffee I mean it's it's things that we don't really think about because we're just enjoying it and we want it. And sure. We're in a society that we want things immediately because we're used to getting that yes. instant gratification. And with what we're enjoying with cigars and, you know, the whiskeys and the craft beers and the coffees is sometimes if you want the best and you want it to be better, more flavorful, then you're going to have to wait. And I think that sometimes as a consumer, we either don't know, or we forget that because we're just like, I really want this cigar. Why don't you have it? You know, and we get impatient for it. But then it, when we smoke it what, later, we're like, oh, it was so worth it, you know?
2: Well, and you know, it's kind of, it goes to the same with food. You know, it's the convenience aspect, yep. you know, you can go someplace and they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna bring you your steak and shrimp platter you know, in 10 minutes and, you know, you're in and you're out. Is that going to be as good as at a restaurant where you have to go wait for them to make your steak? You have an appetizer. No, it's not going to be the same experience. It's not going to be the same quality. So you understand that going in like, Hey, if I'm sitting in my car, listening to the radio and waiting to, to tell this magic box what I want for dinner, that's not gonna taste as good as something where you actually got out of your car, had to go sit down and have a waiter uh, Mm -hmm. take care of you. It's a longer process, but it's not gonna be as good, but it's, you expedite it, but you you under, they understand that there's not gonna be that quality. And I think sometimes, again, lost on cigars because it's like, yeah, same thing. We're waiting for it to be good. And -hmm. that's why you saw so many manufacturers go out of business during the yeah. cigar boom because it was just like hey just hell get it out there get it out there they're going to smoke mm-hmm. it and get it out there i remember one it was called me cubana have no clue who made it nothing about it but i really remember enjoying the flavor on it but i could never get one that could have a draw and i mean you know that that brand's gone now mm-hmm. and yeah. you know maybe that's something that could have stuck around but you look at the people who did it right padrone Fuente, yeah, they're still around, but these were cigars during the boom where people are like, where are they? Why can't I get these? Well, mm-hmm. because yeah. they're gonna, they know how to do it right and they're not just in it to make a buck. You know, they're looking right. at the long-term. Uh, you know, do we want to be in business for a year or do we want to be in business for 50 years and, and have a name that represents something so that when people hear that name, they know its quality? Um, but,
0: we, we but yeah, we, we you know, talking talking about about the big brands, and yes, you know that they have because they've been doing this for as long as they have. They they have more capital behind them. They have you know more. They have the brand behind them to be able to have the longevity through something like like COVID. But you, the state about how you know we've seen some that will have a particular blend that made their name known. And then mm-hmm. because of shortages, because of you know natural, because this is this is a this is a uh, you know it is, it is a farm that, that grows this. Uh, that's that's why cigars are considered a food item mm-hmm. considered in, in the food category. But there's a particular brand out there that they have a reputation for changing the blend by substituting particular wrappers or particular fillers or particular binders and one of my my favorite I'm, i'm i'm going to say the the name of the cigar without saying the name of the manufacturer but it's you know my one of my favorite cigars from back in you know 2012 20 up to 2016 was the decade and after 2016 the decade just did not have the same Profile of what it was, and it. it was because they had to change that, and and a lot of people don't don't realize that, but over a period of time that wow. does come back to hit even them. Sure, a reputation.
2: It does because people, I, I've had uh, there's one, and I won't name them just because you know it's something we sell, and it's and it does very well, but I've had many people say this isn't the same cigar. What changed? Like, well, I've got guesses, but I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not going to tell the customer, (laughs) but it's like, there's a lot of things that can go into it. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's your, your, you know, your corporate CEO going, Hey, we got to sell more of these, push them out. Mm -hmm. That can happen, but customers will notice, Hey, this burns a little wonky. It never used to do that. Or, you Mm -hmm. know, it just doesn't taste the same. Why is that? Yeah. And you know that it's like, yeah, okay. This isn't exactly the same cigar that it was. But because it has that name, people aren't going to make that change. Right, And I get that manufacturers would be hesitant to say, hey, it's the brand new or it's the tweaked or the 2.0 because they've got that name recognition that, that's built into it that's really helping right. sell the cigar. But yeah, it's, it's disappointing to customers when they're like, okay, this isn't, this isn't what I thought it was and, and or, no- or this isn't what I remember it to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the key point there. It's not what I remember mm-hmm. because the decade is still a really good cigar. Mm-hmm. It's not what it was. And and mm-hmm. one of those, we, we've, we've kind of touched on a little bit about it, but because because this is a product that grows and because mm-hmm. there's so much through through fermentation, there's so much, you know, on, on soil quality, what has happened to the mm-hmm. soil. You know the environment. We, we saw earlier this year where uh, Carlito Fuente and their farms in Dominican Republic got hit by hailstorms and damaged yeah. its product.
1: Right. So
0: mm-hmm. it because of all of those that come into play, sometimes they have to because at the end of the day, it's still a business. They mm-hmm. really yes. Put out product. So maybe it's a case to where it's not sitting in their aging room for three years mm-hmm. like we would enjoy, but it's sitting in their aging room for six months. Yeah, And so therefore that is gonna change the, the, the palate. It is gonna change the taste on it because it is a younger tobacco. It hasn't gone mm-hmm. through the first- Through that, that process. Phase. It hasn't gone through the process. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of circles us back around and this also just something that, that Les has kind of brought us with with us in the industry, Red and myself and, and Leaf and Grain, you know, with, with media and news and, and, and...
1: can y'all hear him?
0: Can you hear me? Hear who? Yeah, I can hear him. Okay. You're kind of frozen, Red. There you go. You're back.
1: Okay. I was like, what happened? And it looks like I'm frozen.
0: You. So... We have to educate our, our our employees to to know to be able to recommend. Okay, yes, this is a, this is a good cigar, but I recommend you letting it sit in your humidor for another three yes. months before you before you smoke it. I let I recommend you, okay, dry box this for a couple of days and then put it in your humidor and smoke it yeah. at, smoke it in a couple of weeks and be able to recognize that based upon when you get the cigar in and just. Yeah, it would be great no, if we could, if we
2: didn't have to put stuff on the shelf. You know, yeah. if we could if yeah. we could sit and just hold it and and be like, hey, we let <laughs> it sit another month for you, but unfortunately, we we can't. Um, yeah. But there there are that is that is the case, and there are you know there are people that we will that we will talk to, and even customers who know that's like, hey, this is when you got to age. Uh, you know, their regular their regular releases that come out, and it's like, you know what, this is better if you give it some time. And there's some that, yeah. that I smoke like that, where I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and buy this, but I know that I'm gonna let this sit for a Put year. It to the side. Because it's, yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be that much better, whatever changes take place. Conversely, then there's those that smoke phenomenal straight out of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of those for me was the, uh, the Aladino uh, Habana Rothschild i was with friends when i smoked that and i will tell you this we were so excited to try it ups had just dropped it off and we tore into it and, and opened it up and smoked one and i re- i remember looking at my buddy and going damn this is good because it, and it again it just it hadn't even had a chance but it just wow the flavor on that it was like it was good out of the box and it's only mm-hmm. going to get better you know once it gets some humidification to it but that there are those cigars. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, the, the street taco when when Noel was coming out with that, and uh, he gave some. Uh, we were I was with some other reps at the time, and even you know, there's just that look around the room where everybody's <laughs> looking at each other, like, "Are you? Are you like, damn, dude? Like, you're all just kind of a- acknowledging, yeah, this is going to be a yeah. war, yep, because no, you, yeah. because you know." uh, what you got. And then, you know, then there's some that you just look at the band and you're like, ah, oh, man, um, <laughs> there are those that, that, that we do have come in, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you do, you do have to, to be able to not be afraid to tell the customer that right. and let them understand. But I, I, then you're also dealing with that type of customers. Are like, Hey, I got a wedding this weekend. It's like, well, I'm going to steer you far away from that then, because I'm going to give you something that you guys can smoke at the wedding. Uh, I'm not going to give you some and be like, "Well, let it sit for a month." It's like, no, you need to smoke right. this weekend. Yeah. We're going to get you some that'll smoke this weekend.
1: And and that and that's what I want to say to like our viewers. If you be honest and open, we we talked about when you're in the lounge, be <laughs> honest and open with the tobacconist and the people that are in the lounge, and let them know because that's what they're here for. They're you know like they're going to steer you clear, like he said of something that's going to need to wait for a while. So um, we always say, ask those questions. Um, don't be scared to ask them. And because uh, right. you they want you to enjoy that weekend, that experience, that celebration Absolutely. or whatever you're doing. And they want you to come back, kind of like what we were saying earlier. So one thing that I do have, it's kind of like off topic. But okay. uh, I'm going to ask, is do's and don'ts of a cigar lounge when you're going in. <laughs> because there's sometimes, you know, Greybeard and I have had experiences where we go into the lounge and we're like, is this really happening? And, you know, what's, and that might be like, what's one of the wildest things you've seen? How do you handle that? But like basic, basic rules, because some people don't really know those basic rules.
2: Um, a couple of stories came to mind, neither, none, neither of my current shop. Um, the big one, and this is the one, and I've talked to people and they're like, man, I got kicked off the message board, guys wanted to fight me. The biggest one, if you go to a shop to smoke, support the shop and buy cigars there. That is the biggest one. Yes. And guys will say, you know, well, how many sticks should I take to a shop when I go? Zero. Mm -hmm. You don't need to. We've got sticks. And that's the thing that that guys have got to understand. You don't take coffee to Starbucks. You don't take food to a restaurant. You don't bring cigars to a cigar shop. I have no issue with this is my favorite cigar. I want to smoke this. Fine. Come to my shop and smoke your cigar. All I'm asking is that you go into my humidor and at least buy one. If you're going to sit and smoke yours, enjoy it but buy one from me because all of this costs money the electricity the you know the coffee you're drinking the soda the lights we've got to pay you know you're paying for all of this stuff and guys will say well i can get it cheaper online well smoke online it's they've got to understand that it's a business and again i have no problem with guys wanting to bring in that special smoke maybe it's something we don't have or whatnot or They're all going to smoke the same thing, but you've got to support that shop because otherwise that shop's not going to be there. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the most part, guys are really good about understanding that Mm -hmm. they will come in. They'll be like, yeah, you know what? I get it, man. Cool. I'll go buy something from you. And and it's appreciated. There are people who want to fight you and argue about it the whole time. And you know, you have to be like, look, uh, you know, Either go buy something or or leave because I have customers who can take up these seats, and that did happen in a previous shop. An entire fraternity came in to watch the NFL draft, and three guys smoked cigars, and they wanted to take up the entire lounge, and not smoke cigars. I will tell you this: every one of them bought a cigar. It was a long (laughs) night, Uh, but they they all ended up buying cigars. So that that's probably the biggest one. I think one thing to keep in mind, and again mileage varies every shop's different but my main thing is is that i tell people look this is a this is a cigar shop you can drink in this is not a bar you can smoke it act like you're in a cigar shop this isn't a bar don't you're not on bar behavior you're on cigar shop behavior and you can have drinks but let's let's keep that cigar decorum and not the hey we're at the pub decorum
0: I, I, because I love- there's
2: a lot of people here who just mm-hmm. you know they want to sit and have a conversation, you know, with their, with their buddy. They want to read. Mm -hmm. They don't need just the, you know, people going crazy.
0: So that's another, that's
2: another thing I say.
0: Yeah. I I love the way that, the way that you stated that. Mm -hmm. And and I I think part of the problem is because we've had some really big cigar shops that are really more sports bars that have kind Mm -hmm. of built that mentality. Sure. Mm-hmm. My, my. I mean, I know for Red and myself. There's only one shop that we bring our own cigars into, and 99% of the cigars that we bring into, bring into that shop, we purchase from the shop.
2: And that's that's
0: a that's another thing I I should mm-hmm.
2: say. Look, if you if you bought it at our shop and you're coming back into our shop with it, that's you know, that's completely legit and 100%. Wow. Uh, kosher. It's it's you know when they're bringing it in from another shop or from Cuba, um, that uh, we 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 might say something. That's another thing. Don't bring your Cuban cigars and put them in your locker. No matter what shop you're at, don't do that because whether it's legitimately Cuban or fake Cuban, whatever, they're not treated. And if those things get beetles you can ruin everything in somebody's locker you can ruin you can get them to go through the shop just don't Uh do it you know keep those at home
1: Uh, yes Um, yes that's a good one because it's like i've i've known shops that have actually had to throw away majority of their inventory and then it ruined everybody's in the locker mm the guards like and you're sitting there thinking well, it's going to be okay because it's in my locker. Uh, no, it's not going to be okay.
2: You know, I can probably tell this story now because it's so far in the past. It's it's seven years now. We used to have a, a, a third store, a Dallas store um, over on Frankfurt and Preston. And uh, we ended up selling that shortly after but we actually had beetles in that shop and they started in somebody's locker. Now we, you know, we didn't make an announcement to the entire shop. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. by the way um, we, we tried to keep it as low key as possible. Cause mm-hmm. the last thing you want is that information to get out. But right. uh, we had to, we had to track down the source of it, get rid mm-hmm. of those cigars, find anything in the humidor that had them. And then we had to figure out how do we treat the humidor? We, you know, this is, you know, I mean, we were talking about stuff like, I don't know, do we rent a giant freezer truck, move all the inventory into a freezer truck for 48 hours and then pull it back out? And we actually found an exterminator. He is a guy, local. I've kept his number just in case some shop ever had that issue. But he came in and he swore to me, he's like, doesn't change a thing. Doesn't affect the taste of it. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, okay. I really hope so because this is my butt. But he came in, he put these little pellets down on paper plates, left them in the humidor for 24 hours, uh, came in, took them out. It smelled like microwave Mexican food in there for a little bit, but the cigars were fine. It it killed oh, wow. the beetles and the cigars. It didn't change the cigars at all. And uh, wow! So wow. I was like, okay. So if this ever happens again. I'm going to know who to call but uh yeah don't don't bring in hinky cigars that so that's just we had, bad
0: we we had a comment that that's hilarious so so joe joe uh Galino, uh he he says would that be considered uh the beatles share kind of like the angel share the yeah there you go <laughs>
2: It's yes. The Beatles show. I, you know and I don't even know if that's covered by insurance. I got to look into that. Um, you know how, how, how that's handled. Um, we've had a couple of uh, humidifier leaks. That was fun. Um, where we lost some product. Um, mm-hmm. Not that that has anything to do with the customers, uh, but you were asking right. stuff not to do. Don't put your face in the fireplace to try to light your cigar. That's just a, that's a good tip. Um that uh, and the fact that you said
1: that means that it's happened
2: yeah it it was stopped prior um you know you yell "I'm sorry it's like man i just see you tipping head first also don't (laughs) spit in a cigar shop oh lord um really yeah we had we there was a customer and he would come in he he was one of those guys who like to come in like the hour before you closed and then spend two (laughs) hours smoking so you really had to be like come on dude You know, Um, but he would come in, read, not bug anybody. And I was like, did he just spit? And he would get water because he would smoke, but he doesn't. He wants to rinse his mouth. So he would get water, gargle it, and then spit the water out. And he was spitting it into the fire, the gas fireplace. And I was like, no, 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 no. We don't do that here. And so he's like, well, what if I put it in a cup? Like, I don't care, but you're not spitting it into the fireplace. And then one night he left the cup and he spilled it and left it to clean up. And he was never allowed back in again.
0: That that brings (laughs) up another good good one. (laughs) If if you're going to use the glassware Mm -hmm. at the cigar shop, unless the employees tell you, don't worry, I've got it. Clean up after yourself. Wash your own dishes. Mm-hmm. Your mama doesn't yeah. work there. You, you didn't hire a maid that worked there. Clean up yeah. after yourself, please.
2: It's 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 always nice. We and we appreciate when the cu- customers, please. You know, I don't expect you to grab the vacuum and do all of that. But mm-hmm. man, if you really drop a ton of ash, you know, don't be afraid to sweep it into the thing. It makes it easier on those guys because yeah. you know it it's it usually falls on the night shift and they, mm-hmm. you know, they want to be able to get home, but yeah, like you said, David, unless they say, you know, just don't leave the glasses laying around, you know, just, at, at the least, just go put them by the dishwasher, you mm-hmm. know, so that we don't have to go around collecting them. Yeah, um, right. that's, that's always, that's always a nice thing. Um, this one should yeah, go I outside, say... you know. Oh, go ahead. No, just, please, you know, just, oh. just thank you. We've, we've had a <laughs> we've had customers. I I haven't, but some of my guys have told me we've had customers who just wave their lighter and be like, Hey, it's empty. (laughs) They, they, they want to refill on it. And, you know, of course we're, we'll gladly refill it. And then they just take the lighter back. It's like, come on, man. You know, Mm -hmm. these, these guys, you know, we don't mind doing it, but, you know, be nice to these guys. They're not indentured servants.
1: Right. Well, and the thing is, is like I, it used to be like, treat it like your home. But then some people take it to that extent where they move in to a lounge. So you can't really say that, treat it like, treat it like your home, because then they get too comfortable. And I'm kind of scared to see what their home looks like because see
2: you I'm glad you mentioned that because I have quit saying that. I have mm-hmm. told people, you treat this like it's my home and you're a guest in my home who is always welcome, but do not treat it like your home because you may be a slob." And the first time I had that conversation, somebody put their muddy boots up in a chair and said, "'Oh, I thought I was supposed to treat it like it was my home.'" I said, okay, first of all, I don't think you're putting muddy boots in your chair at home. Second of all, it is not your home. It is the owner's home and you are his guest who is always welcome and we're happy to have you but treat it like you are his guest and and that's the thing because like you said you'd be afraid to look at some of these guys like do you really do Mm -hmm. this at home do you get away with this you treat your own stuff like this i you know so there there is that um because yeah you, you most of the guys and most of the guys are really good but you do have those guys who You know, it's like, why do I have, you know, chicken wings in my in my ashtray? There should not be chicken wings in an ashtray. Was this the only option? Um, It's just one of those little things that guys run into at the end of the night. That's a headache. So uh, but for the most part. In in our shop, if guys stay late, they're willing to be like, hey, you know what? Let me help you bust some ashtrays. Mm -hmm. You know, you stuck around for us. We're happy to help you out yeah and uh and that that means a lot to the guy who's working Mm -hmm. um and and it it encourages them to be like hey you know what yeah
0: I'll stick around for another 30 minutes till the game's over
2: Mm -hmm. because I know you guys aren't just going to just trash the place and leave it to me
0: a a couple of other ones that we're getting in the comments um don't I can't
1: see the comments and I'm (laughs) sad.
0: well it's because I have I have Facebook open here next to me <laughs> next to next to our Zoom, <laughs> but uh, he's multitasking. He's two screens. Uh, actually, well, get, and
1: I do too. I, I'm using
0: as well, but I don't think we have the viewers on the YouTube one. But that's okay. Uh, don't don't lick your don't lick your cigar and then and then use the house cutter or anybody else's cutter. That uh, yes, standard. Yes, oh my gosh, it's
2: so gross, especially
1: that, with COVID.
2: That is that's probably a, a yeah. Uh, yeah, you, that's probably that's probably number one right there. Uh, uh, even above, don't bring your own cigars. Don't lick the damn cigar, and and then use our cutter. We don't.
0: Nobody wants yeah. your spit or or anybody else's cutter. Yeah, other than your own. If you want, if you want to lick, if you want to lick your cigar, then then pull out pull your own cutter out of your pocket. Here's that's the thing: any cutter you you know, but
2: <clears throat> if you've been smoking long enough, buy a cutter. You know, I tell Mm -hmm. people, you know, if they've been smoking six months, I'm like, hell, use the, you know, use a house cutter, buy a $3 cutter. If you've been smoking for a year or more, and this is something that you really enjoy and it's going to stick, it's worth investing in a good cutter. It really is. Mm -hmm. And the house cutter is going to get used a bazillion times and you're not going to get as good a cut on it. It's there for convenience. But Mm -hmm. if you want a really good cut and you don't want to catch whatever the guy before you had, invest in a good cutter.
0: So, so another one, and this one really gets me and, and less less love. He he works at a shop up in uh Oklahoma City. He says, you cannot smell the cigars through the cellos. So do not try to. And, and seriously, people, I, I walked in and I, I'm not gonna say the lounge, but, but it, it's a local lounge. And I walk in and there's there's a guy in there and he's smelling the cigars both through the cello and just uncelloed. And and he's doing something that 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 Albert says, you know, where he's he's fingering it, you know, what we call a, a finger F. Finger fuck Yep. And and he's doing that. And then he then he does this number right here. Oh. I'm not touching any cigars because I don't mm-hmm. now. As another consumer who's in the humidor yeah. now, watch this. I'm not touching any other cigars that's in there because I don't know what he has oh, got, right? You know, old, mm-hmm. what have you? You know, just just don't do it. Do if you right. want to do that, purchase it,
2: then it, yeah. Then, then well, okay. and you know, and. It, if it is cello don't feel like you need to tear it open break the barcode and then stick it up your nose because we will have customers who will who will open them and they hold it right it's not like they get it under the nose it's like no it's like, no, it's like this yeah it's like this and it's I like, dude, do this, I don't,
1: this is my cigar
2: it's like dude Go you're ahead. not going to get much from yeah. that unless you're tasting it and smelling it at the same time you know you're, you're going to be able to appreciate the smell i guess but don't don't be doing that because now you got your cooties on it and you know, it looks like crap because now it's harder to mm-hmm. sell because it's, you know, you got something that like, clearly somebody's broken into the cello, but stuff mm-hmm. like padrones that aren't in cellophane, don't be yeah. doing that. Here's another thing. And this is, this is a, a, just something I do when you touch cigars in a shop. And I tell the employees is when you ring somebody up, when you touch something that is not cello. Touch it by the foot, because oh, the, the the top the cap is going in somebody's mouth. So yes. when you're ringing it up, when you're looking at it in shop, touch the foot. We're going to set that on fire. Don't put your hands around the top of it where somebody's going to have to put it in their mouth. You know, mm-hmm. that's I'm sure we cut it, but at the same time, you know, just touch it at the bottom where it's not going to where it's not going to make a difference.
1: It, and I will tell you, my daughter is 14 she's been grabbing my cigars like whenever it 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 it, that sounds like really bad so let me go back and say this before I get like lots of hate comments and things like this okay my children uh on special occasions like for example uh national national preemie day Um that is a very special day for me and Lydia knows that on that day she knows the date of national preemie day because she's a preemie she gets to go to mommy's humidors and pick out a special cigar she goes to the deep age she even knows which tupper to go to but it is so neat that when she goes to the cigars she either has it by the foot or she knows to touch the band right here touch the band so She's been doing this since she's like 10 or, you know, before then. So if my 10-year-old daughter, who's now 14, knows to do this, come on, guys. Y'all shouldn't, and women, people, y'all should know where to touch the cigar. Because she's figured it out. And when I say go pick out a cigar, it's so cute because she always touches the band and she hands it to me by the band. Because she knows she's not supposed to touch. And her hands are oily. So it's going to get on the leaf. It's going to change it. So she's very respectful of that.
2: Dave, you mentioned uh, a guy smelling through the cello. Um, That's that's always kind of been, I, I love that that came from another shop guy because that's something we see. I've never said anything to anybody. I want to, but I'm like, I don't want to make this guy feel like he's, you know, like a dunce in the humidor, but you look at him and it's like, dude, what the hell? it's like do you do that with twinkies um
0: it, it's one of those things you just
2: kind of watch and and it's like okay well if you think that worked for you um but i've never called anybody on it and been like sir sir that's that's not gonna work um i did have a guy light a cigar with the cedar still on it and i didn't know this until i came by later i was like hey man how's that cigar he goes i'm having trouble with the burn and he's, I, it's got the cedar on it. I'm like, well, crap. Okay, he's with his buddies. I don't want to be like, hey, man, well, you did it wrong. And I also don't want to let him keep doing it. So I was just like, really, let me look at that real quick. And I <laughs> took it from him. And I just pulled the, the, the cedar off real quick. I'm like, try it now. And he just had this appreciative look like, oh, okay. Yeah, thanks for not calling me out on that. But um, yeah, you always got to take the cedar off. Next time you guys, either one of you talk to Brian McGee, I'm not going to try to tell his story because I don't tell it well. He has a fantastic story about somebody smelling through the wrapper at an event. It is a fantastic story. So next time you talk to him, ask him about it because it is.
0: The, the Yes, that is uh, that is one of my favorites. Pardon me. I I was at I was at an event a couple of weeks ago, and uh, this guy was ooh Espinosa. The guy yeah. the guy smoked through the band. So oh, so wow. he he did not take the band off, but he was actually smoking the band. It was ooh, with the rapper. And I, I asked him. I said, "So, how's your cigar tasting right now?" And he's like, "Man, it, it's getting really bitter right now." And and it was so good, and, but now it's just really bitter. And I'm just thinking, and I can tell you why, but I don't want to embarrass you in front of everybody here. You know, you see, know, there's, see, a, there's
1: y'all are, there's a are brand nice out there because I would have been job. like, well, see,
2: know, are nice. and so, if it's if it's a buddy of mine, that's one thing. But also as a retailer, it's kind of like. Eh, you know, I don't want to, but you know, they make us, there is a cigar out there where they say you can smoke through the band.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I have done that. And it was absolutely horrible. It was like, okay, maybe, maybe I can, but by no means, should I, because it it smelled horrible. Well, oh, and yeah. that that
1: to another part is take off the, like, if you have a, a ribbon around the foot, yes. yes, make sure you take that off. Because I have seen people, and and here's my thing, is I'm going to be guilty in my attentions everywhere else. You know, if my kids come down and they're talking to me and I cut and I light and I'm like, holy crap, I'm about to light the band. So, I mean, I've gotten distracted before, but make sure you um, take off the the,
2: the ribbon ribbon, on the foot too. The foot band, yeah there's all sorts yeah. there's all sorts of little things and little etiquettes and i know when i started smoking uh which man let's see that would have been hold on i'm trying to do math here sorry i uh, so me. we're going to be here for it, a while. it would have been 26 years it would have been 26 okay. years ago this uh labor day weekend that i started smoking Very um, nice.
0: so so you're, you're right up there with with Red and myself
2: there you go. Yeah. 26 right to 96 towards the end of the uh uh just kind of towards the end of the boom. But um man, I had a point and I lost it because I started doing math. That's the way my brain works.
0: Um I I I got one for you. And, and okay. are your guys' thoughts on that. We've all seen the cigar chewers. Yeah. When somebody is chewing the cap of the cigar and it gets all blown out and then they take it and they put it down on the ashtray where all of their saliva everything everything is coming is transferring over to that ashtray and then they pick it up and and continue it on continue chewing it i'm like do you have some antibacterial wipes that you can just take and wipe that off that that's yeah that that turns my stomach
2: it is kind of gross when there's when they're setting it on the ashtray i don't some people i don't know what it is i don't know if it's that they're just leaving the cigar in their mouth or they just feel the need to chew while it's in there some people do it but yeah it is gross when it gets when it gets set on the ashtray and and actually that's what I was, what reminded me of, of how long ago, when I started smoking, um, there was a a bit of a ramp up time and I bought an idiot's guide to, to cigars because I, I needed that. And, uh, one of the things it talked about in there was, you know, chewing the end and, you know, should you chew the end? But one thing it talked about, it had these rules of etiquette. And Mm -hmm. I thought about, you know, these are so arbitrary because there was this thing of like, you only smoke to the band, never pass that. And it's like, well, what if it has a giant band? You know, I only smoke up to that. But there was also this school of thought of, well, when you sit in a cigar shop and you smoke, you remove the band so that if you are smoking an anniversary Padron, the gentleman who's smoking the $5 yeah. bundle stick does not feel like, oh, he's superior to me.
0: But mm-hmm. then there's
2: other schools of thought that are like, no, leave the bands on that way when a guy goes, Hey, what are you smoking? You can show them the band. There's there's those funny arbitrary rules mm-hmm.
1: yeah. that yeah. Uh,
2: that come into play. But you know, I I've seen that in some shops, David. You were talking about rules. Some of them they have, you know, keep your opinions to yourself.
0: Yes. yes because so. there
2: are there are people who will be like, What are you smoking? Lot's well, that's a piece of crap. Well, you know what? Who who the hell asked you? You yeah. know, I enjoy this cigar. It doesn't matter,
0: you know, yeah. you, you think you're smoking. Is, oh, that's, a cu- that's, that's not a Cuban. I only smoke Yeah, cubit. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You're, you're, you're smoking most likely a fake and you're missing Thank out. You. I heard a guy loudly <laughs>
2: announce in a shop, he said, why don't I smoke cigars that are less than 15 bucks? Because I don't smoke shit. And my first thought was fantastic. Let me take you to the humidor and I'll show you our cigars, $15 and more. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll load you up on those. I thought, you know, that's an idiotic statement. And I know you yeah. don't smoke cigars. You are not a regular smoker. Exactly. Because if you were, you would know there are a ton of cigars that are less than 15 bucks that are fantastic.
1: And and this, and I'm going to say this because uh, when I went to the couple times that I've been to your shop, your guys are really good about coming around, cleaning out the ashtrays and stuff. And they were really nice because whenever I go and graybeard can testify this, I always have my little cigar holder that I put on to the ashtray. And the reason I do that is because I don't know who's a chewer and who has put their cigar and all that stuff. Right. So I I I place mine on top of my cigars, but your guys were really good and they just like gently moved it, emptied out the ashtray, and then put it put it back. So um that's one thing that I'm very big about. And I mean, I did this before uh, COVID started. So, I mean, and it was just kind of like, my thing was like, I don't know who's chewed. I don't know what's been there. So that's just kind of my thing that I do um, with that. And most lounges, when they come around, they're very good about moving it gently to the side, especially if your cigars on there and then they'll empty it and then they'll put it back. So um that's one thing is like now that we've mentioned that and people are like, I've never thought of that. Um,
0: there
1: you have it. There's your solution. Yeah, you can that.
2: you can mm-hmm. they make those, they sell all sorts of little, you know, just cigar rest and cigar stands that you can use. Uh, hey, you know, if you're you are using the house cutter and it's one of those with the little guillotine that you pull down, you hold your cigar on it, just watch where you put your fingers. That's just a uh, that's just a good tip based yep. on a couple of people that I know and a couple of cutters we had to throw away um so. there,
1: it is. there you go well you can't even see it like the background but I have yeah. one
2: yeah that's the exact yeah. one yeah had a couple of people mm-hmm. they weren't watching it was like well and that hurt
1: I could imagine oh, yeah. I haven't done it I haven't done it but I mean you know I that's just imagine there's how.
2: only been a couple of times because you know if I'm using a like a, a butterfly cut there's only been a mm-hmm. couple of times I caught my finger and pinched it not in the
0: blade, but just in the side. And it's like,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. I got to pay more attention to that. And I'm, I'm too old to be doing this. That's a rookie move.
0: I've, I've done that with my uh, Calibra
2: V-cut. Yes. that and, and that right there, I will say, is probably one of the, our best-selling accessory cutter mm-hmm. right there. That is fantastic. That, mm-hmm. that right there was a game changer. Because people yeah. who liked doing that V-cut, was like oh I you know it was great, but man, when you got that, it changed the game, and the thing that I think it really especially for me opened up was smoking torpedoes. torpedoes were always such a pain because it's like, okay, I gotta cut enough to where I can get a draw, but I also don't want to turn it into a toro. You get a dV mm-hmm. cut it's like man, I've still got a torpedo, but I get all that draw out of it, so it mm-hmm. really just kind of expanded. Into being able to smoke those uh, and enjoy those more. That that's a fantastic cut. I know there's a lot of other deep V's out there, but mm-hmm. that that by far is uh, is a game changer. I think that was uh, one of the best accessories to ever come out.
0: Well, we're coming up we're coming up on two hours, and being wow. that this is, this is the twisted pair. How yeah? How long
2: does this? normally go that you, i i oh, i thought you guys did an hour or until oh, you guys get bored with, with no we,
0: we, we go we go usually i usually tell all our guests we go a minimum of two hours but but we've had some guests on that we've gone four plus hours on Damn. On, on instagram and and the way that's one of the things that i think that you know i'm going to pat ourselves go ahead and pat yourself on the back red uh you know with with our shows is that we keep people we keep people engaged throughout the entire conversation. And, and I'm looking at, you know, the conversations and the Facebook, you know, and I was kind of nervous going from Instagram over to a different platform. And I mean, people are staying engaged. But it but
2: shows I, you guys have a good following. And I think part of that is because you guys, um, you stay on topic with, with, this, with, with the subject matter. You're talking about the pairings, you're talking about the cigars, which is what people want to hear about and you're not trying to do you know mini stand-up comedy uh like some people do yeah uh not to say that it's not fun because it is a fun show but you know Thank people you. like that they can tune in and they know they're gonna learn something from it and that they're gonna be engaged so I, I think that's a credit to the both of you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you.
2: I appreciate that.
0: So so let's bring it back to the pairings because I'm really curious Red I know you've moved on to another cigar, the Espinosa, but I'm really curious as to what kind of notes you were getting out of his cigar and how your pairing was going. Okay, and now that my
1: AirPods dying, um, it was, uh, and I'm going to say, I took a chance on it because when we were talking, when you have the Habano and the Maduro next to each other, you can tell the difference. But when they're separated, it is, it's, it's difficult to tell. Cause I even had to ask him, I'm like, is this the Habano or is this one? So um, I really wanted to pair it with the Maduro because um, I think it would have gone really well with both of them. But the, um, so I want to say my stout was a little bit too much peanut buttery for it. But towards the end, and and this kind of brings me to the thing when you were talking about, do you put uh, back, Then when you read the etiquette books, because I've read them before, it said smoke to the band, don't smoke past it. And it was kind of uh, funny because Karen Berger and I were talking and our favorite part of the cigar is at the end when you're, you're past the band and you're at the very end because you get that full flavor punch. It's Mm. just kind of, Uh it, it seems that's where it all comes together. It's the bow that wraps everything up together from that cigar and you can taste more, and um, I actually, because I smoked this cigar several times, and um, I actually got like a floral note on the retro hell that I've never experienced with it, and it was really, really enjoyable, and um, and so that was like one thing that I hadn't noticed about it, and it was towards the end, because it picked up, that flavor from it. So um, I would have probably done it with the one that, the Maduro that y'all have, Uh, it would have been a lot better um, with it. But um, when I looked at it in my humidor, I was thinking, okay, this is the Maduro. And that's why I didn't go with the Connecticut because I know that y'all's Connecticut that y'all, the particular Connecticut that y'all have is not like a porcelain where it's in my face with that peppery. So I right. knew it wasn't going to work with that. Um, so that's why I went with the Habano. But I think for, it was a little bit too much at the beginning. But at the end, that final third, where that flavor picks up, um, it paired really, really well. And it was nice on the retro hell um, with the drink and the cigar. Um, and then I got a kind of, um, which was interesting, a little bit of a graham cracker to it. Mm. You know, and, um, and it kind of reminded me whenever, and and we talk about whenever you smoke cigars, it takes you to memories and and it reminds you of something and it's a beautiful journey. And one thing that uh, I do with my, that I've done with my kids, we'd go camping and Mm -hmm. I have a travel trailer and we would go and at night we would take, um, you know, those ice cream cones we would take peanut butter cups, marshmallows, and actually put it on the fire, wrap it in aluminum foil, and then eat it. And that was our s'mores in an ice cream cone. And nice. that's what it reminded and that's what it reminded me of. It was, you know, it was a really nice, you know, beautiful memory that um I enjoy. Now would I do it again? I would probably pick something a little bit not so heavy, i probably Um, one thing that came to mind, I was sitting there thinking like a cream soda would be really, really good with that. Mm. You know, like an, you know, those old fashioned cream sodas that would have gone really, really well with that. I can see that. And, and usually like with other cigars, stronger cigars that I've had, it's done really well because it's got that cream soda, the balance goes. Um, so next, next time I'll have to pair it with a cream soda because I think that would be really good. With
0: that. From what you're stating about the cigar, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how it would go with, say, like a lighter-bodied red, like a like a Pinot Noir or a maybe a a Malbec or a Merlot, to where you're getting more of that black fruit, those red fruits, uh, those types of notes to pull out some of the some of the sweeter and fruitier notes that that it sounds like you were getting in there. And I can see that working.
2: Yeah, I can see that working really well. So So how did y'all
1: carry though?
0: (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm you know, it was
2: coffee, so it was going to be good. (laughs) It was the, 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 the thing I love about the dream. You can tell I'm a slow smoker. Um, I, I love in, in, I always call them deceptively deceptively strong because as you're smoking it it's such a smooth cigar. You're not getting a ton of bite from it, but as you start to get to the end you realize it it was a stronger cigar. But as you're smoking it it's not harsh, it's not uh, it's not dry. It, you get a little bit of pepper and spice at the back of the palate, but that first initial inhale is very smooth, uh, mm-hmm. almost a creamy type of smoke. Uh, as it sits on the palate Um, and it's got that sweetness to it you know that doesn't Mm -hmm. overwhelm it's just right there and it's balanced with the other with the other spice and the other flavor in the cigar and I'm a huge fan of that I don't even when it comes to food I I want everything in proportion so that I can taste all of it and I'm not tasting one thing above the rest and uh, uh, all of the stuff that I've had from Picardo has, has done that and has been well balanced. So, I mean, it, it went well with coffee. It goes well with the, with the water, or this, the, even with the, the fizz in there. But um, yeah, it would be one that I think could pair up well with, with a number of things, um, especially if you got a good, I don't know if a rye would go with, it would pair well with somebody's favorite bourbon. I'll say
0: it that way. It, it, um, I, I can tell you firsthand that it, it pairs really good with a rye. Okay. As, yeah. as well. It pairs phenomenally with, with the rye. Uh, the red drink, wine. Red wine. Mm. The only thing that I paired with a dreamer that it wasn't a good pairing was just because the drink overpowered it. Because it because it is a it is a medium. I I would say it's a medium boldness, medium, you know, medium to just medium plus on the intensity level, on that boldness level. Mm-hmm uh mm-hmm. it, it did not pair good with an natalie scotch
2: okay i, went, I could see my, yeah
0: and, and i i did it with a um with an Ardberg um cory bacon which is you know very peaty scotch and not smoky, yeah. but that that peatiness that medicinal kind of overpowered the cigar so i lost some of that creaminess mm-hmm. Lost some of that Mm -hmm. white pepper that you get out of the dreamer. I lost some of some of that uh, some of that uh, the cocoa that you get out of that that one.
2: Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah, Pete's gonna
0: Pete you gotta be careful when it comes to the the
2: super peatiness. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: My my has has gone great. I mean, this is I've been smoking the the alma uh, and and I picked purposely a two hour smoke, and you know I'm coming down here and and I'm not wanting to stop. I'm down here into the final third, you know, just starting to nub on it. And the uh, the Axon Oak Bourbon, it's coming in at, at 116 proof on it, so it's you know it's a nice medium proof on it, and it, it's just a beautiful balanced pairing that neither is neither is overpowering, neither is is toning down any notes on it it's just a very nice complimentary balanced pairing to where everything is standing mm-hmm. up to each other very nicely on it which is which is enjoyable it's but, nice when one say, flavor supports the other
1: yeah
0: or brings and, out the other
1: and 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 that is and that's what we call like the beautiful perfect pairing and i'm having the espinosa Der habano which has a little bit more creaminess and a little bit more spice. And um, it is going really, really well with the peanut butter stout. So um, that is, um, they're both complementary. They're both standing next to each other. And it's actually um, enhanced some flavors in the cigar. This is one that um, I will have with my um, coffee. And normally whenever I'm in the mood to make, more of a creamier based coffee, um, you know, with that, um, I'll usually have this, this cigar and, and that's what you get with that peanut butter stout is like a creaminess to it. Um, and it's going really well together. So it, and it's kind of, you know, it's not to say could I, was it the first pairing? Was it that bad that did y'all see me leave and go get a different drink? No, it wasn't because I could still taste the notes of the cigar, um, but this one's very complimentary, if that makes sense.
0: And and I, I want to reiterate a point. This is something that, that we do quite often on our shows where we'll, one of us will say something that it gives us the opportunity to reiterate a point that we've made on many other shows. If you have a pairing that's not going good, change the drink. So ju- just mm-hmm. the reason the reason behind that is that you always want to take whatever is the most complex, pair that to something, as opposed to trying to pair something to what's most complex. That's why we, you know, when when we have food, we pair our wine to our food, not our food to the wine, because the flavors that you're going to get in the food is going to be much more complex than the wine, even as complex as wines are it's not, the wine isn't going to change the flavor of the food. The cigar is not going to Mm -hmm. change the flavor of the food. So cigars are very complex in their flavors, very complex in in just everything that you're going to get out of it. So if you have a pairing that's, you're just like what we were talking about earlier with milk, you know, with it, with the dairy product, Mm -hmm. if it's not going good, change the drink. Don't change Mm -hmm. the cigar, change the drink because it's right to take it to choose another drink and make sense or rather than trying to find another cigar that's going to match that drink
2: well and it's easier to change out drinks and be able to go back than it mm-hmm. is to leave a cigar and then have to go back to that exactly yeah um mm-hmm. you know you don't want to you don't want to necessarily have to leave that cigar hanging so that yeah that makes sense
0: we are we're at 8 30 and we want to be respectful to your time we both no i appreciate that i i
2: gave uh uh, what we do in the shadows is on that's all i've really got on the schedule for tonight so uh it's on the dvr so my time was your time i appreciate (laughs) you guys inviting me
0: well we we can we can continue on and, and and continue enjoying it as long as we still have viewers and the the only thing I hate about this platform is I can't tell how many people are actually on and viewing. Gotcha. You know, we're on Instagram, we could. But but I do want to, because I've had a couple of people that have messaged me through other channels and say I thought you guys were going to be on Instagram. This is going to be our new platform moving forward. So unless okay. we specifically say we're going to be on Instagram, then you can assume that we're going to be doing it from here so that that way we can grow our audience even more so, and for, you know through other channels because not everybody's on Instagram, not everybody's on Facebook. But but by, by doing yeah. it this way, we have the ability to to go onto to multiple platforms where you can't do that if you're going from Instagram. So that's not necessarily for you. That's just to let everybody else know that you can assume that we'll be here. Mm-hmm. To Facebook streaming to YouTube and soon streaming to Twitter and uh LinkedIn as well, unless we specifically say otherwise that we will be on Instagram. All they need to
2: know is if it's Wednesday night at 6:30, you and Red are going to be somewhere talking about cigars and pairing it up.
0: Absolutely. And then Absolutely. they can go
2: find. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. I will, I'm going to, I'm going to step out. I will, if you guys want me, I don't know how to get out of this. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what button to push to exit.
0: No, there's, there's a,
2: I could just do this. Does that work?
0: I mean, I mean, I can't, I can kick you off, but I don't, I don't want to be rude, but, but there, would, there's, there's, there's a leave and there's an X. So if you, if you I like, get,
2: I don't see a leave on there, but, uh, yeah, if you want to do that again, and thank you again for, to the thank two you so of you, so for inviting. Me. Up. I've enjoyed it. And, uh, um, I, I, and I can say I learned something as well. So awesome. I appreciate that. And I'm not going to be afraid of, uh, of the dairy stuff anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to give that a try based on, on what Dave said. So thank you mm-hmm. again, both of you very much for, for inviting me and letting me, uh, talk about the shop. some. I appreciate it.
0: We, we loved having you um, learned a lot from you, mm-hmm. you know, with with all of the all of the nuances and the, you know the challenges you know being a retail shop it's something that's that's in red and and our goal with leap grade is to have a is to have a shop of our own at some point in time but but thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm
2: gladly thank you again guys for having me i
0: will thank be uh, so I will both around. i'll see you
2: guys next yes. wednesday Yeah. take care guys have take a care. good night you too bye-bye
0: everybody will be able to view this view and listen to the recording of it but uh we want to thank everybody for having joined us and uh Fantastic guest. We've got some great things coming up is what we've talked about. Any any closing thoughts, closing comments, Red?
1: Um, and just, I mean, Philip was fun to have. He, he's a great guy. Just kind of, you know, remember what he said about the brick and mortar. When you go in, support the shop because, you know, they're there. We've always talked about it, but um, just really support And don't be scared to ask um, and try new cigars. You know, that's always what we say. And thanks for uh, joining us. And we enjoyed having y'all on. And have a great evening or day.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. And so until next week, again, we're going to be doing uh, pairing with juice. Bring your own juice. Mm -hmm. So step up to the challenge. And until then, explore the pairings.
1: There's something for everyone. Bye.
0: Good night, everybody.